Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I, as you know, don't know, am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is episode 307, in which, at the top of which, which, I should say, which, that's enough witching. I should say that there will be spoilers. I should say this just in case there may or may not be spoilers, but assume, despite the fact that that makes you an ass, that there will be spoilers. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, and by that I mean this podcast and not the sort of ambient sounds in the room that you are in right now, what you can do to help the podcast out, meeting me out as I am the podcast, like the royal we, oh boy, uh, is subscribe, rate, comment on iTunes, because that is how people traditionally find podcasts there are other ways you can like us on the facebook page of the podcast tweet at me things of that nature spread the wealth uh word of mouth all good things but uh the the itunes is where podcasts traditionally live and grow okay so i think without further ado i'm gonna push this button that will start the podcast Today's movie monologue sponsor is the Bill Murray Head Fishbowl, which is a fishbowl in the shape of Bill Murray's head is what it is. Hmm. Uh, I don't think I ever, back in the old Movie Monday days, pre-episode 300, uh, I don't think I ever devoted an entire episode to one movie and one movie only, however... That's what I'm going to do for this movie monologue, is devote it entirely to one movie. Because not very often does a movie come along that I want to give 5 out of 5 and talk about for 5 minutes. But that is what has happened. The movie is called St. Vincent. If you have listened to the podcast for any length of time, I'm sure it will have come up that I am a huge, huge uh, Bill Murray fan. Just... Definitely my favorite actor, I think, period, is Bill Murray. Just, I could end the sentence there, and you know what? I think that's what I'm going to do. Just, he is my favorite. So, uh, I think I've seen uh, just about every one of his movies. I haven't seen Garfield, I will admit, but uh, I don't. I think he would forgive me for that, because I, I've sort of heard him speak of that. Uh, that story about how he was kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of bamboozled to do that movie. He thought the uh, director, creator, whatever, was somebody else. <laughs> I forget who it was exactly, but his name was spelt different. 
So uh, that's why he signed up for it. And then he came in and made a absolutely horrible movie um, from some respects, from what I've heard, watchable at least. So he was able to do that. I just haven't seen it yet. Anyways, uh, St. Vincent, as I have done recently, going to read the IMDb page for a reason. I'm not sure what the reason is, but that's what I'm going to do. A young boy whose parents have just divorced finds an unlikely friend and mentor in the misanthropic body hedonistic war veteran who lives next door. Oh, you know what? I <laughs> I really like that description. A lot of big flowing words. It's got a sort of uh, poetry to it. Uh, the movie stars Bill Murray as the titular yeah, as the titular, which is a funny word. Uh, Vincent stars uh, Melissa McCarthy, which I'd almost put, and this is, yeah, okay, I'll say this. This is not the nicest thing to say. I'd almost put that as a strike against. Not because I don't necessarily like Melissa McCarthy. It's just that she's in too much lately. Too much, too fast, too furious. Uh, I like her. It's just I feel sort of inundated by her lately, which is a thing that can happen with human beings, where when they're exposed to a person, a place, a thing, anything, uh, often enough, they can have that feeling of, oh, this again. And uh, I think she needs just to take a little break. That being said, she's amazing in this. Uh, hers is not the largest role in this. It's not as if it's a Bill Murray, Melissa McCarthy joint. You wouldn't say that. It's more of a Bill Murray and... Jaden Lieber, her, her. Uh, that's the kid. Yeah, that's the actor's name. He plays Oliver, who's kind of a, a bit of a nerd, bit of a, a fish out of water. He's new to a school, which uh, I never had that experience other than, you know, being kindergarten. Uh, I moved around a lot as a kid, uh, however, it was all in the same town, so I never had to switch schools, uh, sort of unexpectedly, but uh, it sounds like it's tough from everything you see in movies, this one included, uh, and it's kind of how he, this kid, who's kind of adorable, I, I think that's probably an underlying characteristic, and Bill Murray sort of interact with one another to great uh, comedic effect, of course, but also... Um, interact in such a way that they both kind of grow up. They, they they start the movie as one sort of person, or persons rather, and towards the end they've grown and changed and uh, come to, I suppose, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's never said outright, but I suppose love one another. The whole idea is that uh, Bill Murray's a bastard. Yeah, um... And then over the course of this movie, this Oliver next-door neighbor character sort of plucks away the the layers of his personality like an onion, and in the center is a delicious chocolate. Like a delicious chocolate onion, which we all know and love. Hmm. I, I laughed, yes, definitely, and uh, for the first time, pausing that... First time in a while, uh, cried as well. Shed a couple of tears at the end. Just a sweet, sweet uh, sweetness overload. Uh, watched it with the misses, And this, I think, is just going to blow regular listeners of this podcast away. She gave this movie a four and a half out of five. That's just mind-blowing. Uh, 
and it made me happy that she liked it so much because uh, it's got definitely a sort of dark comedy vibe, which is my favorite. Genre. Uh, I just didn't think she she doesn't normally gravitate towards this kind of movie per se, I would say. Uh, another sort of standout is Chris O'Dowd, who you may know if you uh, watch the IT crowd. Uh, he's one of those actors who I think, as far as I know, every single time I've seen him in a movie, it has meant I would enjoy that a movie. No matter what his role was, he's just, uh, he's just incredible. It's well funny and... Also, that sort of adorableness coming from his uh, as, as well. I guess you could say. Uh, overall, going to put this movie definitely a 5 out of 5, as I've mentioned. But I think it might go in my top 10 of Bill Murray movies of all time. Yeah, I, I think I could say that. Very, very good. Please do yourself a favor and uh, watch that movie, St. Vincent's. Today's television talk sponsor is Scott Ackerman's Hot Saucer Man, which is, of course, a saucer depicting a half-naked sort of manly man you could fill with hot sauce to dip your wings or what have you in, and it's also microwavable. Scott Ackerman's Hot Saucer Man. Long pause there to let the comedy just sink into your bones sink into your bones comedy speaking of well i guess not the bones part but the comedy part i'm here to talk about comedy bang bang season three of which i have brought back to this television talk segment the first handful of episodes uh comedy bang bang if again regular listeners will know it is i think probably my favorite podcast more so even than this one so please watch don't watch listen to that podcast uh the only reason i sort of say that with a grain of salt is because you will listen to that and see how good a podcast can be and then we'll never come back to this piece of shit (sighs) okay that got kind of dark there uh people other than myself has apparently realized the comedy ensuing from that podcast and decided that hey Let's turn it into a goddamn television show. So that is just what has happened. It's got the craziness of the podcast, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, which kind of makes sense because you want to get people who wouldn't necessarily listen to an hour and a half of craziness to listen to a half hour television program or rather watch it. And maybe the craziness can't be amped up and get that sort of audience amount that you would want otherwise if that makes any sense which i think it might but then again maybe it doesn't because i don't always make sense (sighs) it takes the sort of form of a talk show i suppose you would say with skits a skitty talk showy with host scott ackerman uh, with Reggie Watts as his band and sidekickiness, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Looks like what I've written down here for season three is just some of the guests and a little bit about each episode. Episode one, starring Scott Ackerman, Reggie Watts, and guest Patton Oswald, who I love. Just, again, period. We'll throw periods at the end of some of these sentences and leave them. 
like that. Uh, it also had on a turtle expert who, at a very young age, um, liked turtles, but then eventually stopped liking turtles, but everyone had sort of pigeonholed her into this love of turtles, so she pursued a career in the love of turtles and the expertness of them. Poor, poor girl. Also, we learn that uh, Reggie Watts's actual name is Robert Watts, and over the course of the first two seasons and several hundred, I think hundred, yeah, probably hundred episodes of the podcast, uh, Scott's been calling him by the wrong name. His real name's Robert Watts, not Reggie Watts. Duh. You might go so far as to say. Uh, by the end of the episode, though, he decides to uh, legally change his name back. Uh, I shouldn't say back. Legally change his name to Reggie Watts just because Scott was having such trouble remembering it. Episode the second with Mr. Craig Robinson, who you re may remember from The Office. Uh, and this episode sort of starts out where uh, Reggie Watts uh, is replaced by a robot because the real Reggie is forced to go into space to help battle uh what we presume are bad guys mm -hmm. uh, -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh scott ackerman shows another uh, a clip from another show he has called uh tear down or some such i didn't write down the name silly of me where he will go to people who are having trouble with their homes and then tear them down in order to help them what he does not mention to these people is that he does not actually uh, build up afterwards. That's sort of, I guess, left up to you. Hmm. Not a very good show that would appear on Home and Garden Television. I suppose, despite the fact that I have, well... I'll try to skim quickly through these last ones. Uh, we have Jenna Fisher. Uh, well, I've written down here, Murders comma detective equals jason alexander jason alexander plays a detective who's solving murders on set mm -hmm, uh -huh, mm -hmm. fred armanson uh who i believe i spoke of portlandia and my love of that he and scott are apparently com competing for a late night talk show host gig mm -hmm. next episode starring Zach Galifianakis. This one is interesting because it was actually the final episode in the sense that uh, they have pre-recorded every single episode of this podcast well into the future, so they were able to uh, sort of show what will happen on the final episode many, many years from now, uh, starring Zach Galifianakis. Uh, yes, very interesting. Uh, the last episode I have written down here, but have... Mm. Yes, what? Mm -hmm. The last episode I've written down is one with uh, Mr. Nick Offerman, uh, who you may know from Parks and Recreation. You may also know that I have a bust uh, of him that is in plastic, but appears to be in uh, copper, I suppose, that says, give me all the bacon and eggs you have, which is um, amusing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this segment, uh, Scott was sort of hypnotized by Mr. Nick Offerman's mustache, which I cannot blame him. It is quite a specimen of mustachity. Good old mustache hypnosis is what it was. Let's move on by pushing that button.
Banter. Okay, if you've been following along with Book Banters, whoops, before I get into that, I should say the sponsor of this Book Banter segment, which is Ginger Spice Latte from Tim Hortons. One review called it soulless. Hmm, that's uh, not very good, possibly, or maybe it is good. I don't know if you're following along, as I was saying, with these Book Banters. You'll know that uh, I'm going to continue, and uh, by that I mean start reading a uh, short story I have uh, written. This one is titled Big Red, and it is also starring the uh, Jacob Bromfield, which you may remember from Dr. Tongue's Origami Time Traveling Robot of previous book banters. And away we go. Big Red. The seas had risen to what some would call an unholy level by the time Jacob Bromfield had made his way down the rarely trod steps of the, of the McCruthers Marina landing. He had found himself in this precarious position due to the fact that he had red hair. Forty-two years earlier, he had, born, he had been born with such a bright red, almost neon mane of baby fuzz that the doctor keeled over and died right on the spot. To be fair, the doctor smoked two packs a day and had developed a phobia of any food not wrapped in bacon. I mean, when you are eating bacon-covered kumquats, you got yourself a problem. Nevertheless, the straw of the newborn baby Jacob's red hair was added to the Campbell's back of the doctor's inevitable heart attack, and boom, he dead. A little-known fact is that the term seeing red originated from the often-overlooked biblical story in which the red-haired Jebraham so incensed the entire population of the town Nebuchadnezzar, that they all flew into a murderous rage, and God was forced to wipe them off the face of the earth. Jacob had never heard the story, but the seemingly ingrained distaste towards the red-headed had been felt by him early and often. Jacob was the sort of guy who managed to, for the most part, keep a positive and relaxed attitude, despite all the evidence indicating the world was trying to crush his spirit. He was able to shrug and laugh out loud. S-A-L-O-L. When he got knocked down, he would get up again. You're never going to keep him down. Pissing the night away. Pissing the night away. <clears throat> Jacob had turned 42 last week. It was a week that had seen a blonde man receive a promotion he was positive he was going to get. A week in which his girlfriend had left him for dark-haired rapscallion. This was a week in which a brown-haired driver had clipped his car and knocked his rear-view mirror off so that it hung dangling by a wire. After the crash, Jacob had stared at his mirror for what seemed an eternity. The face looking back at him was both closer than it appeared and was the perfect mixture of sadness and a brewing anger towards the hatred that had been directed at him over a lifetime. The sadness was at the anger, and anger was a bubbling, seething lava that threatened to carry him away. Uh, Jacob stepped out of his car, not knowing in what way his anger would manifest itself other than explosively. The staring at the side mirror for what seemed an eternity apparently had been quite a long time after all. 
The police had arrived and had already finished questioning the brown-haired devil who had sideswiped him. One of the officers was walking toward towards him and for a moment seemed to hesitate. Jacob had seen this hesitation before. It was his shockingly red hair that caused it. Normally he would shrug it off. However, today it just added to his molten hate. Jacob saw red for a moment, and then the officer took off his hat to reveal that he also shared a head covered in a bright red quaff. So that Jacob saw red again, but in a good way. The red hair on the other officer's head is what I mean. And I will continue this story on next book of banter. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is the Red Lyrium Addiction and Rehabilitation Center. Thank you to them for sponsoring this, in which we're going to talk about Dragon Age. Dragon Age Inquisition. In fact, this is part four of our talk of Dragon Age Inquisition, because this is a goddamn long game. I used to, in the old uh, video games days, days. Oh, that's confusing. Uh, devote an entire episode to one game, and that was 40 minutes of talk for a game. So the fact that it's taking me longer to talk of this game than one five-minute chunk is not surprising. Also, another reason this sort of makes sense is that uh, this is a, the length of this game means that I've been playing it for a goddamn long time. This, I can't think of a time since Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas... Those two games where I have experienced such bang for my buck. Uh, bought this game. Uh, I bought it at full price, which I don't often do. I often wait a little bit before they come out. Oh, no, I, I had $10 off. $10 off. Anyways, and I've been playing this for well over a month. Perhaps on that note, if you're a new listener or haven't heard me mention this fact, I really only play video games on the weekends. I don't really play during the week. So that also sort of explains why I am able to play this for so long. What I have written down here is sort of where I'm at at this juncture. Uh, I have apparently finished the Emprise du Lyon, which is a snow world. I guess is how you would classify it. Uh, in video game terms, you're going to break things up into various worlds. you got your lava world, your sand world. This would be the snow world. Uh, kind of interesting because this is where, maybe not introduced, but more heavily introduced to Red Lyrium. Uh, if you're not familiar with this franchise, Red Lyrium is like, looks like Red Kryptonite, actually. Yeah, it looks, looks just like that. What it does to people, and I guess more primarily to people who are magical, i.e. Uh, mages, is corrupt them. It's sort of drug-like. Uh, almost inducing a sort of zombie-likeness, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, little, um, The Last of Us, um, what were those, fungus zombies, but instead of fungus, it's red lyrium, like you don't want to inhale the dust, or you do, if you want to turn into a crazy, 
red lyrium because it does make you more powerful I, I should mention as well anyways it's it's something that's unique to this franchise that i've never seen anywhere before so it kind of lets them do cool things where uh say you'll go fight a knight and you know you'll kill him yay good stuff now imagine you're fighting the same knight who's got giant sort of uh, red kryptonite crystals shooting out of his head and has turned into a giant. Mmm, pretty cool idea. What I don't think I've seen, which I'm wondering if it maybe it will happen eventually, uh, is to have a dragon infused with his red lyrium, who's sort of like super puffed up and uh, just oozing with power due his due to this crystal infestation. That would be a cool idea. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. I'm, I haven't finished the game yet. Okay, so uh, moving on to the Hissing Wastes. Mm, this is the sand area that I have mentioned earlier. Uh, it's one of the largest areas, and it's funny, when you arrive in this area, they say, yeah, it's pretty much an empty desert out there. And they weren't lying, because uh, if you don't have a horse, which I don't think it would be possible not to have a horse by this point, point oh, on the note of having a horse, I have a unicorn whose horn is made out of a sword that is poking through the entire horse's head. So, that's uh, pretty cool. That That is my mount, which you can basically call at any time. Some, some little areas you can't call, but a lot of time you can. Anyways, the reason I bring that up is because if you don't have that, it take you a friggin' shit long time to travel around this area. Just sand dunes and what have yous. Uh, I'm currently in the Emerald Graves, which is like a forest area. Hmm. More on that, perhaps, next time. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is, oh, this is a long one, <laughs> Alliterative Alley's Accounting Agency and Advanced Acupuncture Addiction Association. Let me try that one more time. Alliterative Alley's Accounting Agency and Advanced Acupuncture Addiction Association. Thank you <gasps> for sponsoring this internet intercourse. Alliterative Alley. I love that girl. Uh, what do I have here? Oh, uh, something new, yes, which I, I like to bring back when I am surfing the weeb, the worldwide weeb, and experience something new for the first time, and it's something that I enjoy, I will bring it back and talk about it, because I do, on the other hand, like to bring back things that I have enjoyed many times, but to do this as well is also good. In fact, I have examples of both of those things. The new thing is called uh, the completionist. Oh, uh, it's called uh, That One Video Gamer. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. I am an idiot because I did not write down the guy's name who is, in fact, That One Video Gamer. Duh, you might say. He's also known as The Completionist, though. I do have that written down. And uh, apparently what he does, his sort of uh, YouTube idea, is playing video games and then posting about them. Now, that has been done a lot. If you do it, with that formula and do it well, you're going to get a lot of views, and he does do that, but uh, I guess it's sort of his little tag that uh, is not as often done, or perhaps not done at all, I don't know, is uh, he will complete these games to 100%, or I suppose 
as near as 100% as possible, because I think the possibility exists. Like, you don't watch him play, say, this Dragon Age game. He would have to play for 100-plus hours. You don't watch that entire process. You just hear him talk about how he went about doing that, some tips, perhaps, on doing that, and, in general, what he thought of the game. Yeah, that's sort of the the general breakdown, what he thought of the games he plays. Uh, I've brought back... I watched a lot of them. I didn't watch every single one. Uh, I wrote down some of the ones I did watch. Uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, This was a game I never actually played, but had a great desire to do so. I don't know why I ever did. And I wonder if I could play it now and have enjoyment doing so. Yeah, you know what? That's a question I would like to ask this guy. Uh, If you didn't play this game back in the day, could I pick it up today having played all the incredible games I've played in the interim and still have enjoyment playing this. My feeling is maybe. <laughs> it's not an outright no and it's not not an outright yes. He seems to have fun doing so though, so, you know. Uh, next one is Super Mario and Super Mario The Lost Levels. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. I had this, I don't know if he was playing the same thing that I played. It was called uh, Super Mario All-Stars and it was a cartridge. Mm-hmm. Dating myself there. Uh, that had a whole bunch of different Marios. It had Super Mario, uh, Super Mario 2, and 3? Did it have 3? Anyways, it had a bunch of Super Marios on one disc, uh, a cartridge, rather, and one of them was called The Lost Levels, which uh, he gave a little backstory behind this, which was uh, pretty cool. I had no idea about. I thought it was just levels that that, uh, they made that didn't make it into the game, or they made them way afterwards, but it turns out Super Mario The Lost Levels was actually supposed to be uh, number two in the Super Mario series, but uh, it was deemed too hard for the North American audience, which I can verify, just from my memory, that it was goddamn close to, if not impossible. So the fact that this guy beat these Lost Levels... Uh, that I would like to see. It showed some gameplay footage, as you do, of him playing that, but just so friggin' tough. Speaking of tough, hmm, segue, nice, nice. He also spoke of uh, Zelda 1, which is not overly tough, but he also played uh, Zelda 2, which I did play and was never able to beat. Uh, <laughs> what I did do, and not with this, but probably maybe about a year ago, because I do remember having Zelda 2 and being incredibly frustrated, I did probably about a year ago, search it out online and found someone beat it, so it was nice to see. Uh, if you ever have played a game that uh, you weren't able to beat from back in the day, the chances are you can find someone beating it online, and although it's not the same, and you don't have obviously that same sense of, yes, I did it, at least you get to see the ending, you know, that's something. Okay, moving on to an item that I have brought back before. Hmm... It is called Getting Dug With High, the titular. (laughs) That's two titulars in one episode. I like it. Uh, The titular Doug is, of course, Doug Benson, who, I think, enjoys smoking weed the odd time. His guest on Getting High With Doug, which, if you are unfamiliar, is a podcast, sure, we'll call it that, a web video, web series, sure, we'll call them all of those things, in which Doug will invite people on, and uh, in front of cameras, they will smoke weed and, you know, shoot the shit. Not literally, but just talk of things. Uh, His guests this time were, written down here, uh, Emily Heller, 
who I keep seeing more and more of lately on, uh, she's on At Midnight a couple of times, uh, she's on TV on a, currently on a show, I forget what it was, Emily, uh, Emily, <laughs> that's my wife's name, and this girl's name, anyways, what I want to say about Emily Heller is, every single time I've seen her, she has generated laughs in me, and, uh, I am sure she will do the same for you, so I recommend seeking her out just in general, a very, very funny woman, and I like her a lot. So uh, she has sort of uh, developed in me a fan for life. A fan for life. Unless, you know, she goes on a murderous spree of some sort. Even then, if she did it in a humorous way, I don't know, I might cut her some slack. And Doug's other guess was Todd Glass, who I am goddamn positive I've spoken of on this podcast before and will do so again because i listened to his and he is just a super super funny dude this was his record-breaking fifth appearance on getting dug with high uh this guy man it's just yeah funny ooziness oozing out of his very pores i don't have enough nice things to say about todd glass as far as comedy goes uh, my one knock against Todd Glass is, and he says this often, he doesn't read. And I don't know if he's just saying it as a matter of fact or saying it with pride. But I hope he's not saying it with, with pride because not reading and saying it pridefully kind of gets me down. It makes me sad. <laughs> um, with that in mind, and this is just sort of more of a book banter thought um the current jacob brumfield that i'm writing right now i'm almost kind of sort of kind of sort of find myself writing it with todd glass in mind in the hopes that uh, potentially he will read it because the fact that he doesn't read is maybe has something to do with the fact that he's never found anything that he would like to read so if someone specifically writes something that they think he will like that's more likely, I suppose, that he will read it. So uh, I'm going to, when I'm done, send it off to him. The only reason I think that there's potential there is because I have emailed him before uh, about something on his podcast, and he did respond and says on his podcast that he will often try to respond. So, you know, there's a, there's a possibility there that things will happen. Folks, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet 
The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper